In relationships, is it more important to be nice or to be honest? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, nice, honest guy. And with me, as always, is my criminally kind co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, filmmaker, author, and um, guy who's trying to learn to become a nice guy, but it <laughs> really does not, it doesn't come natural, everybody. I, uh, I struggle to be nice. So, you know, aspiring nice guy, I should say. Not not many of those. Most of the 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 nice guys are are aspiring honest people. But anyway, um yes, anyway, well, today we are discussing whether it's better to be nice or honest. But first, Nathan, if people enjoy this discussion and want to engage more in our content and meet fellow overthinkers like themselves, where can they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.world where they can find out more about their hosts and they can send all of their love and hate mail to us there. They can also go to the online private Facebook group, The Overthinkers, where they can hang out with other overthinkers like themselves, getting into great discussions over lots of memes about all the fun stuff we talk about here. If you do enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review or sharing with a friend. It really does help us so very much. And it's a very nice thing to do. Yes, and we're being very honest about that. So, uh, ready to get started? Let's do it. Awesome. So anyone who's had any sort of relationship can relate to the tension between being nice and being honest. Whether it's figuring out whether to bring up uncomfortable topics with family at the holidays, to tell a friend when they're venting to you that you think they might be the problem, or telling your romantic partner that you have a problem with their behavior. Most of us are constantly at war with ourselves as to whether to avoid saying something that hurts another person's feelings, and so keep your true feelings bottled up or being honest and potentially damaging the relationship. This is born out of what people say they are looking for in friendships. According to the Atlantic piece, should friends offer honesty or unconditional support, where people consistently say they want both honesty and unconditional support from their friends at the same time. The Psychology Today piece warns that people who style themselves as brutally honest are often actually doing lasting emotional harm to people they're supposedly being honest with, particularly parents with children, but not exclusively. But according to most research, it seems that most of us overestimate the consequences of honesty and underestimate its benefits. According to a study published by the Journal of Experimental Psychology, respondents found that they experienced more positive experiences and less negative experiences than they expected when they were honest in their relationships. And yet, being too honest remains a deep fear for most people, anchored in many cases by personal experience. As we spoke about on the show recently, an increasing number of people are cutting family and friends out of their lives as toxic for smaller numbers or types of offenses, including, according to the Atlantic article, That's It, You're Dead to Me, adding something as simple as negativity into their lives. As Friedrich Nietzsche said, almost always, such human relationships rest on the fact that a few a certain few things are never said, indeed that they are never touched upon. And once these pebbles are set rolling, the friendship follows after and falls apart. So, Nathan, what do you think is the right balance between being honest and being nice? And how have you found the best way to strike that balance in your life as somebody clearly who has figured it all out at this point? Well... I have a complicated relationship with niceness and honesty, as I'm guessing many of our listeners do. 
Um, I, you know, um, I don't know how many people out there like, uh, like the MBTI personality test, but I, I, it's something I was exposed to very early. And so it gave me a good grid for understanding personality and behavior and even my own and others. And, uh, I fall very heavily. I took the test. Um, there, there's two different things. There's the T and the F. And if I'm explaining this to people already know, excuse me for the people who don't, but the T is called thinker. And it's people who generally in their behavior say what they think. Uh, everything is um, filtered through this idea of logic and reason, and it doesn't matter for people's feelings. You're going to say what's true. And then you have the F, which uh, values social harmony, which values being kind, which values kindness. And, you know, the, and, and, and about half the population is split up into T's and F's. I took the test. I came out almost completely T. And this is very evident from my young years in which um, I was known for uh, uh, very dispassionately, but brazenly saying what I thought, regardless of the consequences of how it affected the people around me. And uh, as I've gotten older, I've learned that, you know, sometimes not just saying a blunt truth out loud to people's face, whether it wouldn't be out of like meanness that, you know, when I would say something I thought, um, maybe I disagree with someone, it, I wouldn't attach emotion to it. I, it wasn't because I wanted to hurt that person. It wasn't because it was just because that's what I thought was true. So I'm just going to say it. Uh, why, why wouldn't I say that? Of course. And that was going on in my mind. But as a young man, young man. I started to notice that um, my T, my, my proclivity towards just blunt honesty, quote, um, actually could cause some harm uh, that I hadn't uh, previously been able to see from my perspective. But I noticed that it would hurt people that I loved who I didn't want to hurt. I noticed that it would damage relationships. Um, I noticed that it would, uh, in social situations, oftentimes cre create an uncomfortable tension with people. That was not my intent, but I noticed through me saying things only, it, it wouldn't keep the, uh, the cohesion and smoothness of everyone getting along going well. And so it was something that I had to learn to care about, quote, being nice, caring about other people's feelings, caring about how what I said would affect those around me. And, you know, thankfully, I had good parents and good family and good friends who helped me along this journey. But my natural proclivities to this day is t is still just to say what I think. And it's, again, not from an emotional place, not from a I'm trying to hurt someone. And um, but that's kind of where my mind and my personality tend towards. But I have learned that there is benefit in being kind. Now, I would be interested to hear your side of this, Joseph, because Joseph and I have, um, as you might know from having listened to the podcast, we have differing personality traits. and We share a lot of particular things and as far as vision, creativity, intellectual thought, but there we also have differing personalities. And Joseph is has come more from, and I'll let you talk more in this, on the social cohesion, on being kind. And it's funny, I love our friendship because we've actually helped each other grow in these areas. Um, and and so all that to say is I, I do see that this is a kind of a constant problem um, that I've noticed both individually and societally. Depending on which group you're in, you will find that there tends to be a... Um, a bent towards one of these things, either honesty or niceness or kindness. Um, and I think that when you get into these kind of these modern day tribes and you can kind of see these acted out, what you'll see is that there actually is drawbacks to both. You know, a, a good example just from our world is the evangelical world, the, the modern, what we understand is the modern evangelical church. And there's a heavy emphasis on kindness, on niceness, and to, um, you know, say the thing that's that's gentle and loving. You know, there, there's even in our in our conceptualization of, of Jesus in the in the modern everyday 
evangelical church. It's that Jesus was kind of this hippie-esque, really nice guy who's, you know, hanging out with um, with poor people and broken people. And he's just loving them. We even see this reflected in uh, a lot of movies. You know, Jesus is like this hippie who's just like, hey, let's be cool, man. Let's just love each other. Love is going to save the world. And I would argue that that is an aspect of Jesus. Um, but you see this as, uh, in particularly in modern evangelical church that there's a huge emphasis on kindness now there's another breakoff community of modern day church which would be i don't know what you put it under um I, i'd call it more fundamentalist perhaps um but <clears throat> it is far more dedicated to this idea of jesus as being a truth teller and they really focus in on all the times that jesus like you know, laid it down to the Pharisees and told the truth and didn't care what the Romans thought and just did the right thing, regardless of what anyone said. And so it's interesting that the, you know, these two different groups tend to orient themselves around one particular aspect about Jesus. Now, the interesting thing about these two particular groups is the modern evangelical church is almost entirely composed of women. And by that, I mean, it's like 70% or upwards are the attendees. So, um, you know, so that, that would make a lot of sense why kindness is going to be of a higher value. There's, um, uh, and, and then the the uh, more fundamentalist leaning churches have a far higher rate of men and they're dedicated to this masculine, you know, just see it how it is. And the thing is, is typically if you go on Twitter, you'll see these groups fighting at each other and they're fighting past each other because they're not even talking about the same values. They don't value the same things. One is valuing kindness, one is valuing honesty. And, I'm, and I think both Joseph and I, I imagine he'll, he will reflect some of the things I have thought because we've talked about this and you, you kind of step back and you look and be like, wow, both of these groups have deep, um, deep strains on, of unhealth, like very deeply seated. Now we even see this, you know, get outside of the church. We see this in politics um, and in social groups, you know, um, that uh, and what they value, you know, very often in conservative circles, you have people saying facts don't care about your feelings. Um, you should just do the right thing, say the right thing. I don't care how you feel. Your feelings don't matter to me. This is the truth. And then in more uh, progressive circles, you have saying, but but we need to care about each other and take into account each other's emotions and take into uh, take into account each other's history and stories and we need to be loving to each other. And so, again, I would say there's deep, pretty deep health in almost every inch of the political spectrum today as well. And, and these smaller um, tribalistic uh, kind of micro societies within the macro society. So I do think that this is a common thing that happens kind of at the root it's a common struggle for, for a lot of us. It happens at the very root of our being. I think that we tend towards, most of us, um, wanting social cohesion and kindness or wanting honesty. But, you know, as we're going to talk about today, is there problems when you go to one side or the other? And I think that the answer would be yes. And I think we can talk on kind of uh, about both sides of these. Um, but maybe we should start with um, what's the problem with... Um, being nice instead of honest. And so um, I'll let Joseph jump in here but I would, uh, in a second, but I'll just give my first opening. One of the difficulties I found as someone who's more um, oriented towards the blunt honesty side of the, this equation is I found the difficulty with niceness is this, is one, if you value kindness over truth, oftentimes reality of the situation will have um, consequences that could have been avoided had someone said the truth, but because you valued niceness more, um, it ended up hurting you or someone else or the people around you. Um, you know, just to give a terrible example, uh, it's like, you know, if you are 
driving with someone towards a cliff and you don't want to be rude and interrupt their phone call because that's not very nice, um, they're going to end up going off the cliff and you with them. Um, but some that situation, we can all say, well, that would take some honesty to say, hey, stop stop driving on your, you know, talking on your phone. We're about to go off a cliff. Uh, again, terrible analogy. That was just all, off the top of my head. But you kind of get what I'm getting at. That very often, because you value kindness over honesty, it actually has unintended and unseen consequences to the people you actually want to be kind and loving to. And so part of my thing is, well, if you want to be kind and loving to them, you're going to tell them when something is about to go wrong, even at the expense of their feelings. And I think this is a good thing. Now, uh, you, um, what was it? You, in your opening statement, you talked about how people wanted both. They wanted unconditional support and they wanted honesty. And see, I think this is, these are actually kind of um, mutually exclusive. I cannot unconditionally support someone without, uh, well, one, I can't unconditionally support them because they could do something that I think might be destructive to themselves or others. And so if I have that as a value, and that would kind of be wrapped up in the kindness element, if I'm just going to support them no matter what, um, then uh, then it's very likely they're going to make a, a decision that in my head, I'm not going to support and that it'll end up hurting them. So I think honesty has to come above. They are mutually exclusive. I think that when you unconditionally support someone, you just have to go with whatever they do. And I think that it would be a kinder thing if you actually care for them to be honest with them. So I think that what kindness does is it puts people in kind of, you can control people with kindness. And I've seen this in the church. I've seen this in, in relationships that it's, you might have the truth of a situation that will actually help someone that will actually keep them from harm. But because there's a culture of kindness, they can kind of use it to silence you. Don't say any mean thing. Even if it's true, that's going to hurt my feelings. You're a bad person. And so very often, um, when we demand kindness, we are actually excluding ourselves and separating ourselves from truth that will benefit our lives or at the very least protect us. So that's one way that I can see valuing kindness over truth could be um, of detriment in our lives. So Joseph, I want to hear both your story with kindness versus honesty, where you're coming from this, kind of your personality, and then we'll start with the kindness thing and then we'll jump into um, uh, uh, the problems with over-honesty um, towards the latter part of this podcast. I just got to say, you're getting really good at teeing up things for me, and that just makes makes my job so much easier. So props, props, David. I'm very kind um, in that way. You're too kind. Yes, yes, you are. Um, yeah, so it, as Nathan said, you know, we have... We have very similar values and upbringings in many ways, you know, super religious parents who also homeschooled us, at least for you know, parts of our growing up and who encouraged kind of imagination and uh, faith, imagination and intellectual discovery. And I was definitely, you know, encouraged um, to feel deeply and to also care about other people's thoughts and feelings. We, we you know, my we love to discuss you know, theology and philosophy and imagination and stuff around the dinner table and to have deep feelings about things and, and deep ideas. Those were always affirmed sort of in my house. But, you know, in, in an environment like that also, you know, what one of the things also that's involved is being, I was a preacher's kid, you know, and my dad, you know, was the pastor of a, you know, a, a you know, moderately like traditional, you know, Episcopal, uh, you know, Christian church. And I kind of learned growing up through nobody's really fault, but, you know, but learned, you know, you kind of have to learn how to say certain things to certain people because, you know, you, because 
as a preacher's kid, you can't say certain things. You can't hurt members of the congregation's feelings. Because if you do, then they're going to get really mad and that's going to blow back on, you know, my dad. And I can't, you know, have that. And so just in being in that environment of a very, you know, socially dense environment where dad as a pastor is really important, you know, to make sure people's feelings are taken care of. You know, I learned early on that part of being in a community with people meant that people had feelings that you had to accommodate in when it came to expressing your thoughts and feelings. Many of your thoughts and feelings may be radically different from other people, maybe being offensive to other people. And that was, and I, I, you know, that was sort of what I knew. And again, like, you know, there, I knew, I learned sort of how there are certain things that are going to hurt people's feelings and offend them and get them angry. And you don't talk about those things with those people. You find people who agree with you to talk about those things with. And I carry that, you know, with me uh, through my adult life. And again, like I said, I'm not blaming about nobody's fault. That's just the reality of being like a fairly famous, you know, person in a small town, you know, uh, and, uh, and, or different small towns. But what I realized I was, I was carrying that through into my relationships, even where that wasn't really a factor. I would find other places where it's like, okay, I can't show this part of myself with this person or this part of myself with this person because this per- these people can't handle that. One of the things I found in that was a shallowness in my relationships and a feeling like I was unloved and a feeling of being unloved because I felt like I could never go fully show all of myself to people because... I had to edit the parts of myself they could see. And therefore, they could only love the parts that I allowed them to see. And I would only allow them to see so much of me. And so I felt very unseen and though very compartmentally loved. And I felt like and our relationships only went so deep and no deeper. And I, I, I that ended up making me feel very lonely. And I ended up resenting people for, in a sense, me feeling like they were putting me in the position of not being able to share who I really was with them um, in order to be, you know, loved by them and to take care of their feelings. And so I've started to to really try just so that I can expand the space in which I, I exist to live. You know, if my thoughts and feelings are extensions of myself, you know, and extend my right to take up space sort of as a thing, and then find the people who you know, ended up staying would be the people who would be my friends, you know, and, and I, it was always figuring out that balance because I found that because I was not used to sharing the parts of myself that would be my offensive, I wasn't actually as equipped as I wanted to be to handle their pushback and handle their anger. And so, yeah. And so that became something I was like, oh, I'm actually really sensitive and, it became something I try to grow in and be like, okay, I can, I can handle this because this this kind of intimacy is something that I want in my life to be able to, um, to be able to grow and change and have a, a intimacy can't exist without truth, and therefore love can't exist without truth because there's a part of you that's not going to be able to express and seen and shared, and so, and but I still again, you know, there's. Nathan Cher, our editor, um, and I like to quote this scene. There's a scene from from Justice League uh, show 
where Superman gives a speech to Darkseid, where he he's expressing one of the tragedies of being Superman. And he says that I, I live in a world made of cardboard. Always taking constant care not to break something, to break someone. And I realized for my whole life, I felt like I made, lived in a world made of cardboard, where other people were made of cardboard. And if I said something, then I was responsible for hurting them in the way that you know, Superman would be responsible if he, you know, broke somebody's arm. And uh, one of the healing things that I have been attempting to work on is to actually respect people enough to know people aren't going to break just because I say something. You've got to trust your partners. I do. But the fact is, I'm the invulnerable one. Every punch I take is a punch they don't have to. Are you saying we can't cut it? That's what it sounds like to me. Um... And that doesn't, you know, relieve me of the responsibility to not be kind. We're going to, you know, get into that side of it. But that's just sort of my personal story, my personal experience of this, of of the tragedy of what happens when truth is not allowed to be a part of the equation in a relationship. And even, you know, talking slightly more, you know, abstractly to say off of some of the things that you spoke of, um, you know, is, you know, the Atlantic article, one of the Atlantic articles I talked about, talked about, you know, people who, you know, have dated people and that were really bad for them. And it took them years to figure it out when all their friends, you know, afterwards said, yeah, we kind of knew he was a bad guy. It's like, well, why didn't you say anything? It's like, well, because we didn't feel like it was our place. And the more that I'm able to grow to actually talk to people and say, hey, I actually think that this is something wrong that you need to deal with. You know, it really does. It is an ex oppression of faith where I can actually say, you know, you know, as Christians, we believe that we are loved regardless of our behavior, even if we have face consequences for our behavior, you know, our behavior and our actions don't define how worthy of loved we are. And the more I actually do things that risk that by being honest in certain ways, and my friends don't leave, <laughs> and my friends can handle that, the more I've actually proved to myself that the gospel is true and that I am somebody who's worthy of love, even where there is disagreement and conflict and such. So that's a, a large part of my story. You go feel free to riff on that and that before we move on to the, the disadvantages you know, that, to the thinking. Yeah, I, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, I, I didn't even think of it, but it, it really is so central to this kind of whole discussion that intimacy cannot exist without honesty. Um, and so what what can end up happening is kindness binds the hands of the person that you actually want to be closer with. But you cannot. I, I love that you talked about how actually niceness can ensure shallowness because niceness will make it. So you cannot push further. You cannot explore. You cannot. And like you said, you cannot fully know someone um, because if you don't allow them to be honest, both their their dark side, their good side, their difficult parts, maybe their their un uh, their their hard opinions for you, then you cannot fully love them and vice versa. You cannot be fully loved if you have to hide a part of yourself because your hands are tied with um, niceness. I think one of the great disservices we've done um, as a society as a whole, and, and I would argue that most of society uh, tends towards the, um, the idea of niceness, right? Of course, it's going to be the more... Uh, attractive element of these two, right? If you, if you imagine yourself going out today, would you rather have someone come up and tell you true things about yourself? Um, hey, you need to lose weight. Hey, uh, you know, you make, you, you smell bad. Hey, you know, whatever it is. Um, or would you rather have someone be kind to you? We'd all rather kindness. So there's a natural proclivity to at least receive 
kindness. So I think by and large, if you look at most of society, I'm just speaking gra- uh, uh, on, on the whole, we tend towards um, a kindness culture, which has, I think, um, benefits, and we'll talk about those in a minute, but I think, and, but I think there's a lot of it that has made us very shallow with each other and made deep and intimate relationships very difficult because there is a cost to honesty. You, like you pointed out earlier, if you were honest, um, you could lose friendships, you can lose jobs, you can lose things. So there is a, a, um, a benefit in choosing the kind road, even if it's not the best road. Um, and I, but I think one of the things that we've done this is a disservice as kind of causes is that we've equated um, niceness with morality and, um, and goodness. And so if you are to say something honest or true or that you believe to be honest or true, and uh, it will immediately be perceived as unkindness, not only that, it'll me- immediately be perceived as wrong, evil, bad. And so we have a whole um, society, uh, for the most part, painted with broad brushes, um, that is that is their hands are tied where they cannot be honest and they cannot form deep and lasting relationships. It has to be a service level because if you fully knew each of each other, you would not be friends and you would you would equate their honesty, the realness of them with bad. And so I think that's a really bad place um, to start. You know, there's, there's a lot of discussions about, you know, open dialogue, but we all know that, that that's not really true because if we were to have open dialogue, we could lose friends. If we were honest about what we actually thought and what we actually um, struggle with or, or are the questions we have, very often we know that there's different groups, both religious or political, whatever it might be, that if we were honest about what we thought, we would get ousted from them. So there is a fear around honesty and it's because we put so much morality, um, kind of a, a moral center um, on, on, on kindness, that essentially kindness or niceness is the center of morality. And I think that's done us a disservice. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I think that, I think the very least we've covered a couple of the ways that, that kind that niceness over honesty uh, to a, to an extreme, extreme degree can be detrimental. Well, and one last thing I'll put on this is, you know, as I think back through my life, I've had so many loving and kind people, um, throughout my life. But as I look at the moments that I've grown the most, it's the moments that people have been really honest with me. Those are the times that I actually grow. So even aside from relationships, even aside from interpersonal stuff, uh, just about individual growth, the times of my life I have grown are where people have been honest with me. And it was hard. I would have rathered in the moment for them to just be nice and just to approve whatever I wanted to do. Again, that unconditional support. But when people have been brave enough to be honest with me, um, I became healthier. I grew. I became better. And so part of it is we also, with this dedication to exclusive niceness, we are also not helping each other grow into better people. And believe me, we want a society of better, more healthy, growing, maturing people. And that almost exclusively happens th- within community, at least, in which there is an allowance for honesty. Um, so I think that's, that is, I think we've covered in, in large part of some of the ways that niceness can um, be really detrimental, especially when it's on its own and in an extreme form. Um, now let's get to honesty. So does does all that mean that we should just go around being honest? You know, that again, there's that uh, thing going around that everyone talks about, facts don't care about your feelings. Um, so is that the way we should be? Just going to be like, hey, uh, you're ugly, you're fat, um, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're stinky. Um, is that the world we want to live in? And would that be good? Um, are there detriments, are there down uh, uh, downsides to being 
blatantly honest consistently. Um, so I would say yes, <laughs> there absolutely are. And this is as someone who who tends towards that blatant honesty. So yes, I felt all those things that I, we just talked about niceness, and, and I do struggle with those. And I think there's some real problems. But in the same time, I have in my own life, like I said earlier, experienced in my own life when I have been blatantly and unapologetically just honest and just told the truth. I'm, you know, we see this, I've seen this actually a lot. Um, I'm, what is it? It's like a phrase. A lot of people, I just tell it like I see it. Um, I just call it like I see it. I've, you know, I'm not this, I'm just a truth teller. There's even like books and movies and, and like Instagram accounts, like the truth tellers. And it's like, what I've realized is very often, one, they're typically not even telling the truth. I'm like, well, that's not true. Uh, they just think they are, but that's aside from the point. Um, very often, it seems like it's an excuse to be a jerk. And um, while, yes, we want people not just dedicated to niceness, all those things we said, I do think that there's this element in modern culture that when we go towards the facts, don't care about your feelings. So I'm just going to tell you things that you, you have to hear, whether or not it makes you feel good. We also don't want a society of people who are feeling attacked and depressed and uh, beaten down and punched all the time. That's not going to create for a good place to live socially, even, you know, just practically, you know, are, are people who are constantly on edge worried they're going to be critiqued or criticized or attacked? Are they going to do good work in society? Are they going to invent things and help and um, support their fellow men? No, it's going to be a constant place of defense. And we've seen this within some of the, the, uh, smaller segregated religious cultures within Christianity, a lot of abuse comes out of there, a lot of fear, a lot of oppression, because it's a it's a culture that um, that tends towards just I'm going to be just uh, critique and criticism and honesty. And we can see this in parenting too, right? Um, there's plenty of uh, parenting data that can both show, um, you know, I'll, I'll talk about niceness. It shows if parents never discipline their kids, they don't guide them. If they don't help them see, if they don't say no, if they don't um, change their diets or change their um, their their habits or, or help them learn new things. These kids are terrors. They grow up and go to jail, guys. When there's too much kindness, actually, those kids have higher rates. And by kindness, I mean just too free and never say no and no discipline. Those, those kids end up growing up and having higher rates of violence, higher rates of incarceration, lower rates of um, uh, high school graduation college, uh, education, all these different things. But conversely, we're talking about the difficulties of honesty. We also see that when kids grow up in a household that is um, strictly disciplined, um, critique, criticism, overly criticized, overly oppressed, those kids grow up with huge emotional, social um, difficulties as well. That has a hugely uh, negative effect on the rest of their lives. So we see that, yes, being so we talked about the the, the hard or bad parts and negative parts about just being nice but there are huge uh, really negative parts about quote being honest all the time um and i think it's one that it that it really can erode our souls you know i am a t i like being honest all the time but i will say too much of people just critiquing me and criticizing me it can really um harm my my heart my mind and make me less likely to want to become better because there's what ends up happening is over critique and over criticism um, doesn't make me want to listen to them more or grow more. Um, what it makes me want to do is just uh, recede, hide, and separate myself from the pain of these people who are just constantly critiquing, criticizing, or being, quote, 
honest with me. So I do think there's actually a big problem with over honesty too. And again, I think this works on the societal level, but I think this is all in, I think it comes down to the individual. I think, you know, a good frame of reference to think about as we're talking about these things are how do you interact? Are you going to be an honest, nice person? What's a good year? So I, I take this individually, but, um, but the people in my life who are just critical of me are really, really hard for me. I end up um, actually having less growth because there's no kindness involved. And I end up um, uh, either receding uh, or, or just cutting off the relationship altogether. So yes, I do believe that both societally and individually, an over allegiance to just saying it like it is can cause real and lasting um, and long-term harm, um, both individually and societally. So Joseph, jump in here, give me some of your thoughts, and then uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, you brought up a lot of really interesting points. One I want to touch on first is that there's a difference between truth and your thoughts. And oftentimes the honesty crowd conflates those true. So when you are expressing what it is you're thinking, you know, um, that doesn't make what you're thinking true. And sometimes you could say, oh, I'm telling it like it is. Like, well, you're telling it how you see it. And also this conflation between honesty and negativity. And oftentimes we say we're being, and the reason, of course, is obvious because nobody minds positive honesty. So it doesn't take honesty to be say something positive. It takes, you know, honesty to say something negative. So typically people say being honest, what they mean is the freedom to be negative or say things that people don't want to hear. And I remember having a conversation with somebody who was, I was explaining like how to, you know, criticize people in a way that they will not, you know, turn them off. I was, I was giving advice to, you know, one of my female friends in the context of dating. And, you know, she got very frustrated because she was like, like this, having to handhold people, you know, with their, their feelings. And one of the things I point out is I said, well, the data says that people actually hear negative, negative comments about like five times louder than they do positive comments. And I think the Gottman Institute did this study, I believe it is from it, but what, and the reason is, is because it was practical, you know, we're, it was for our ancestors, it was much more important that we hear a tiger in a bush that might eat us than we see, you know, um, delicious looking berries in the bushes. It's like, you know, if we're going to see the tiger in the bush or the berries in the bush, we better see the tiger because that one is going to be life or death. And so, you know, and so we are built actually to hear negative things louder. And so often you can tell people all the true things that are positive about them. And you can hear to list all the negative things about them. And you can ratio it exactly to what the truth is. And they will not hear the truth. What they will hear is the negative louder than the positive. So you have to, in order for people to hear you honestly, most people, you have to actually modulate what you say and say more of the positive than you do of the negative. Even if that feels like you're saying less of the negative honesty, that's the only way for them to actually hear you truthfully. So there is an element of that, you know, that we often see the truth is simply always telling what we feel. And, but the truth is people can't hear the truth if we always tell them what we think and feel. And so that's a negative aspect of this whole, just always tell it like it is and never be thinking, how is this person receiving it? You know, also again, in the sort of facts don't care about your feelings crowd, one of the things that 
is sort of a weird thing that people do that I feels like people miss is that we have feelings for a reason. Our feelings are a part of us and they're a good part of us. Whether you believe they were created by God or whether you believe that they were simply adapted or evolved, we have them for a reason. And it's a good reason if you believe that human flourishing is good and positive. And so that means that we do have to take care to treat them with respect the same way we would treat any other aspect of other people with respect. You don't, you know, again, want to punch somebody's body. But if you feel like you can punch their feelings, that's also a legitimate part of them. And so the idea of actually taking care of another person's feelings because you respect their human dignity is a good virtue. Now, again, we can have conversations about how much is your responsibility versus their responsibility, and that's always fair. But the idea to not take that into consideration is to not take into consideration the dignity of the full person. The fact that you know, again, you can look at it in terms of also like working out, you know, one of the things uh, or, 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 or other aspects, you know, the, we, we, we used to a lot more talk about the charisma on command videos, but one of them that one pointed out was, um, you know, taking, um, who's the protagonist of, uh, of, um, Peaky Blinders? No idea. Okay. He's, it's Cillian Murphy, whoever he plays. Um, but is one of the things you talk about is his story. Like one of his strengths is his ability to um, be cool under pressure and not be rattled by anybody. But one of the things he points out is the reason he can do that is because he was, you know, he went through World War One, and so he's, you know, it's it's he's pretty hard for him to be rattled by anything because he's been rattled by other things. But that was such a traumatic experience for him that he's a broken person in many ways. And so when we want to actually, you know, help a person to be able to, you know, be blunt so that they become better, it is true that if we are stronger than a person is actually capable of, we can actually do damage to them emotionally and psychologically. And again, that's partly depends on each individual person. You know, again, when I'm interacting with people, I kind of have to say, okay, where is this person at? How thick is their skin? And if I care about them, just like, again, if you're a person is stronger than another person, you'll punch them a little bit harder or a little bit less. And not because you might say, I think you might, you know, maybe should get stronger, but right now they're not that strong. And so if you actually push them too far, you're going to do damage. And if you care about them as a person, you don't want to damage them. Now, sometimes you have to push people a little bit farther because, you know, not telling them something or not doing something is going to do harm to them. But if we understand that actually too much negativity or too much brutal honesty can also do harm to people, then that's something you have to moderate. And so, you know, when I'm talking to different friends, it's like, okay, how much honesty can that person, how much can I push them in a way that, and how bad are the consequences going to be if I don't tell them versus, you know, the consequences if I do tell them? You have to weigh some of that. And I think there's an in point of individual choice, like, what is your personality type? How, what kinds of people do you want to be in relationship with? And how much um, do you think that, um, you know, how much do you want to be only around people who have a certain amount of thick skin or soft skin? But whatever you're doing, you have to hold the two things in tandem, which is there has to be enough honesty so that you can be known and loved and so the other person isn't harm. It doesn't do things that harm them to the degree that you can control that or at least speak into that. And you have people's feelings are actually important and a part, legitimate part of them that 
the fact that they feel things like that is a good thing about them that needs to be preserved and not destroyed and shattered. And how can you be a part of um, making sure that that is helped and not harmed through your honesty? Those things are the things you have to take into consideration, whatever your personality type is and whoever you are with. What we're essentially coming to, I, I believe, is that, and I'm so glad you pointed this out, that you know the, the um, facts don't care about your feelings, people. Forget that, like you pointed out, we have feelings, and that's a purpose. That's particularly if you are um, religious, you believe that we were designed with feelings. So totally ignoring them is not a good thing. But also, people with feelings, we also have thoughts. And we also, there is a reality that we have to assent to if we want to live in this world well and see natural um, how do I say this? Natural blessing, right? We have to uh, interact with the reality um, that we are given. And so what we kind of are ending it coming to is, well, you need both, right? You need both honesty and kindness. Both those things were coded into reality by God for good. And so when you're going about, be it in a particular relationship or, or your community or a society at whole, there is a balance that we are asked by God or by reality even. Um, God is the author of reality to strike, to find that. And, you know, I, I think one of the best ways, um, <laughs> I almost said, yeah, I've said, sue me, I'm a Christian, but I say that a lot. And so someone's going to take me up on that recently uh, at some point, and I'm really going to regret it. But, you know, so I, I'd say one of the best exemplifications of this is Jesus. I think, you know, there is no accident that these two sects of church kind of chose one aspect of Jesus. And the thing is, they didn't get it wrong. It just wasn't complete. I do think that if you look at the person of Jesus, you will find this amazing image of someone who was honest and loving and kind. Um, and I think he knew, if he's a perfect uh, revelation of God, of how we ought to be, that both of these things are important. And so what you see is constantly, you see Jesus being incredibly, incredibly honest. I mean, just brutally honest sometimes, but you also see him being kind. And both of these things are required for not just a Christian, but for a, a person who is going to be healthy. We have to learn how to mix both the kindness and honesty in our lives so that like what we've talked about today, we can have deep relationships where we can both be honest and have people be honest with us. But we also have fostered a place where that honesty is on a vehicle of kindness, of care, that the honesty isn't being levied to hurt, it's being levied to help. And whenever we give honesty, it's not so much as to put someone in their place, but to help someone find the right place. So it is, it's finding this balance, which is really difficult for all of us. And again, half of the world, pretty much, as far as the statistics say, is F, half is T, meaning half prefers kindness and niceness and half prefers thought and honesty. And so it's going to be a difficulty finding out how to mix this, but to become a healthier, more holistically full and complete person, we're going to have to draw towards that middle, towards that balance, towards that um, specific design that takes both of these good things and combines them into our behavior. Um, and this is difficult. I get it. We're always, like I said, I always tended towards just being brutally honest and that had consequences. And then, and you, Joseph talked about tending towards being nice and that had consequences, but where you're going to find health is saying, how can we not even just balance, but fully incorporating both honesty and kindness into your behavior, into your community and into your interactions with other people. And I think that is where we're going to find a healthier vision for how we ought to be, how our, our, our communities ought to be and how ultimately our world ought to be. Perfectly balanced as all things should be. 
Um, it, it is a difficult process, but it's one to start doing investigative work on yourself. Am I someone who tend, you know, one way you could do this is, is taking the MBDI test, find out what you are. That's the Myers-Briggs personality test. Take that, find out what you are, what do you tend towards and what are ways that you could balance that or at least include the opposite so you can live a more full uh, and healthy um, life that has interactions that will benefit people and yourself. This is hard, it's difficult, but it's just part of being human and growing. Um, so yes, it, the question is, is honesty um, or niceness better, or I can't remember exactly what, what it is, but the answer is yes, they're both needed, they're both good, and they're both valuable. And to only value one, you will find detriment, but to value both, and engage with both and combine both, you're gonna find, I think, and I think there's a lot of data to show this, um, a lot of health. And we can see this again back in parenting. What they many experts have talked about is children need both unconditional kindness and love and gentleness and, um, and niceness, and they need boundaries and truth um, and guidance. And that if either one of these things are missing, there's going to be detrimental effects in their life. And we are no different because just like those kids, we are humans. We need both honesty and we need um, truth. And both of those things can coexist at the same time. So to answer your question uh, earlier, no, I'm not going to be uh, unconditionally supportive of, of you guys, but I will be unconditionally lovingly honest of whoever is in my life. And I think that's kind of what we're called to. And I think the data backs that up. And I think that ultimately... Um, reality backs that up. Uh, so that was that's what I would encourage us to move towards. I'm trying and I encourage you to, to join me uh, as well. Joseph, any last thoughts before you start wrapping up? Yeah, I will just say, you know, a couple of things. One is, you know, we're talking about practical ways to do this. I would, you know, I will also jump on the Jesus train and the Christian bandwagon, which I mean, I've already been on that bandwagon for a long time. You guys all know this. Um, but I will for this in this context um, is one of the best things you can do is like, you know, read the Bible and find a community that that you stick with, because if you read the Bible and actually read it as if it is allowed to tell you things you don't want to hear and wrestle with it, that is a great practice to being comfortable with hard truths being told to you but then also finding communities that you don't leave when they say things you don't want to hear or they say things that hurt you at the until it gets really toxic but like you know then you leave of course but finding people in places because again the places the ways that i've the times that i've become stronger and actually capable of handling the hurt of my feelings being hurt and then the space to actually be honest and people being honest too have been when I have stayed in communities, even when it's been uncomfortable and stayed friends with people, even when it hurts, as long as they're not actually being really bad people consistently. It's like, no, that that's where I've actually learned to be able to handle more honesty, more truth, and then deeper and deeper intimacy. And so if you need a practice of that also, you know, of being there being more and more honesty being allowed in your life, do that. But also if you need practice of being less blunt, be around other people who can actually tell you that that's going on. People being able to tell you that you are going too far in one way or another, and not always just automatically agreeing with them. They could be wrong, but getting that feedback and being comfortable getting that feedback is one of the best practices you can have to grow. I would just say before we 
finish just because we mentioned this before the episode. It didn't actually ever, I never actually brought it up. It's something I'm really learning right now as part of my journey of being a film critic because I have, you know, because I, I am, you know, the more I write stuff about movies, the more I'm having opinions that people don't like. And I am trying to find that balance of being honest when I'm critiquing people and critiquing movies and critiquing and some of these people's like passion projects and life's work. And I want to be honest because I don't feel like the movie can actually, people can actually grow as filmmakers and the industry and movies can get better unless the honesty is there. But I also realize people have put a lot of themselves in there. And sometimes you can be honest in a way that doesn't actually, they can't actually hear the positive things. They can, they only hear the attack. And so and and so I'm really trying to learn that as again, as a person who kind of kept a lot of their thoughts, you know, to the safe people and didn't put them out there and is now growing in that to do that in a public way. You know, that's something I'm really trying to learn to do well as a way of of wrestling with both of those things. So just keep wrestling with that with people who can hold you accountable and tell you when you've gone too far and you know, that is, and that is the way that you will grow. That's what I would say. Yeah. Find a, find a community and stick to it where people feel the freedom to be honest with you, but do it kindly. So it builds you up and vice versa, become a person who learns how to be honest, but learns how to do it kindly. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and cool. so we have some good blesses and curses for this. Yes. The blesses and curses segment of the week where we take a work of art, media, or resource, and then, uh, say something to recommend it, i.e. bless it, or diss it, i.e. curse it. So, Nathan, what are your... Did We both were kind of like, before this episode, we're like, oh, what are our blessings and curses for this one? So did, were you able to figure out uh, some before before the uh, end of the episode? I do have blesses. I'm still struggling with a curse. Everyone knows that I always struggle with the curse because I'm so nice. Um, so my bless... One of the blesses is going to be the Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I get it. He was a crazy Roman general, but he did write some pretty good stuff in his book. Um, and it's kind of one of the the the... The, the central uh, writing, uh, works of, of writing around stoicism. And, you know, one of the things I remember him talking about in there is this idea. He's like, if someone says something about you, even something you don't like, even if it's really, really mean, don't get mad. Uh, because one, if you get, because there's no point. Uh, if you get mad at it, um, and then you can, and it's untrue, then all right, he's he's an idiot. All right, he said something untrue. But if it is true, then you really shouldn't get mad because it could be something you're learning or, or that, you're, that you might miss out on learning or growing from. Um, but I think stoicism actually, while, while having some faults and, and incomplete in many ways, I do think it, it has a lot to say about human behavior and interaction and learning how to hear things that are difficult and learning how to share things that are difficult and not being shaken by either having to be honest or having someone be honest with you. And so I think, I think there's some great stuff in there, particularly on this topic um, in the meditations of my Mar Marcus Aurelius, that will be good. Um, as far as movies, I guess I could bless Liar Liar. It's a classic Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey, crazy Jim Carrey. And it shows the benefit of telling the truth, even when it's difficult. Um, and, you know, by the end of the movie, he learns how to tell the truth, um, both kindly, but he does learn how to tell the truth um, and how that that actually benefits his life and the world around him and the people around him when he has to tell the truth. Um, so it's about a guy who all of a sudden wakes up one day and cannot tell a lie. Um, oh, that's, that's making me think about the invention of lying. I got to watch that movie at some point. Maybe I'd bless it, but I actually 
<laughs> I have to actually see it. So if anyone's seen it, let me know if it's worth watching. Um, as far as cursing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna little cop out today, but I, I do feel like there's a lot of people who feel very comfortable being honest, uh, both in books, online, Twitter, um, and um, but there's a total lack of kindness. And to me, it's like, well, if you want to see the world change, you're going to learn how to say these things in a way that is kind and gentle, um, not even necessarily gentle, but but it, it can be heard through people who have emotions. And to me, what when they just do it bluntly and meanly and rudely, um, it kind of gets to this place where I go, I don't know that you actually want to see people change. You just enjoy the catharsis of being meanly honest. And so I see this all over Twitter. You know, I think of cursed Twitter like five times now. <laughs> just how people interact on there. But it's not just uh, relegated to Twitter. It's in books. It's in radio programs. It's in podcasts. Um, it is okay to think you're right. It's okay to even say what you believe, but do so with the actual intent of hoping that it will make the world a better place. And that will take you learning how to be honest in a, in a kind way that takes into consideration, um, yes, I'm sorry to say it, the feelings of the people you are trying to reach with your quote truth. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll just curse how everyone talks to each other nowadays. Cop out, guys. I'll maybe I'll think of a curse uh, three episodes down. I'll I'll do it retroactively, but that's my curse. Sorry. Funny. I you know I just thought of a a kind of movie I would love to curse, but I can't think of a particular example of it. So I'll I'll get I'll get to that. I'll do my blesses first and. Um, then we can, uh, we can, you know, we can, uh, you can see if we can find that, find that together. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna, I, 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 I'm, I mean, I'm gonna pull out an, an oldie but goodie just because it is so, uh, so, so prevalent, so perfect for this. Um, well, first of all, I'm going to, I'm gonna bless again. If you haven't read it, That Hideous Strength, just because the villains are called are are literally their their evil organization is called NICE, the National Institute for Coordinated Experiments, basically called NICE. Um and and it's it's about, you know, civilized people who are really nice, who are really the most evil and barbaric and are, you know, destroying civilization um with we uh but under the veneer of, of niceness and so it's a it's a classic uh, c.s lewis book if you haven't read it it's definitely one of his most underappreciated works uh you can it's part of his whole uh ransom sci-fi trilogy but if you you can just read that one it's a standalone i i it's my favorite um i also think you know for this the movie bodies 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 again is it's one of my favorite movies of the past like three years and stuff like that but but one of the things it does really well is actually show if you watch it, people who prize having their feelings kept um, kept uh, safe rather than the truth and how they attack people who tell the truth. But then when they eventually have to, you know, speak truths themselves, they can't do it kindly and well. Um, so that kind of unregulated uh, way of doing things, I think, is a, is a good... Um, I, I, I'll curse, you know, I will curse Shark Tale just because it's a... A, a a liar revealed trope of like the person who figured is like a liar and trying to keep everything held up by a lie uh but but it's it's just not good and everyone knows it's not good it's just really really cringy and and um but i there is a kind of movie and i'm i'm so frustrated i can't think of, of an example of this um at least a movie that's that's that i i'm comfortable cursing but there are movies that encourage and actually encourage I, the idea to um the right way to live is to encourage some kind of noble lie 
that, you know, that it's better to let somebody believe something that's untrue that will make them happy. I mean, you brought, you know, what was it? I, I, you, you brought up the, um, Miracle on 34th Street remake. It's like, what's better, you know, a, a truth that makes you happy or, 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 a, or a lie that makes you happy or a truth that makes you sad. And, 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 but there, there are a lot, there are a few movies and I can't think of them right now where, you know, that uh, it, it's uh, maybe the fall. I mean, I don't think it's something or, or, um, uh, no, I don't think that's it. Anyway, I'll, I'll think of it later. Some movies that fall into that trope, but movies that do, I've really been frustrated with movies that try to say that, you know, the world is a better place if you can control what people think and feel. Um, uh, and it's a, a tell a better story uh, that um, rather than knowing what's true, that that's somehow a better world. Because the problem with that is that reality eventually has the last word always. And people, if you don't actually end up learning to love reality um, or build, base your life on reality, um, it at least the more than than the the you're you're you know as Jesus said you're you're standing on sinking sand you know you're standing on sand you're building your house upon the sand and when the waves come which they will your house won't won't survive so um if somebody can make yeah, give us some good examples of that trope then uh send them in and uh I will put that as my curse as long as it's not the dark night because that gets a pass because it's such a great movie um but uh, yeah so that's uh Thank you guys for joining us so much today. This is uh, this is really cool. Uh, Nathan, if people want to get in touch with you and tell you some truths kindly um, that you maybe make you uncomfortable uh, or us uh, get in contact with us that way, where can they go? Uh, well, one, I'm not interested in hearing truth. I am only interested in hearing adoration and love. So just know that before you write me. I just want unconditional support and love and praise. Um, no truth. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I, but if you uh, do want to get in touch with us, first of all, go to the Overthinkers Journal dot world. You can find out more about us and our hosts and go to our online Facebook group, The Overthinkers. If you want to get in touch with me, go to nathanclarkson.me or search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. Also, check out my book, uh, Good Man, where I actually talk a lot about what we talked about today um, for both people who struggle with being nice and people who struggle with being honest. Um, this is a particularly um, men. Uh, definitely check out this book, Good Man. I wrote it and you'll love it. And you have to give it a five star review and be nice. Uh, so <laughs> that's the nice thing to do is go buy it and give me just praise for it. Uh, Joseph, how about you? Yeah, you can get in touch with me at josephholmstudios.com. Uh, and you can also find me on any of the socials. And of course, my regular um, uh, movie and culture criticism at religionunplugged.com, where I, and you can track me and keep me accountable to whether or not I am being both truthful and kind. Um, and uh, hope, and uh, hopefully you can leave some comments that are also both truthful and kind and hold yourself to that standard as well. Um and uh yeah you feel free uh love to love to hear what you have to say um and of course if you are i do um read over people's scripts if you do for 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 pay you have to pay me but i do read over people's scripts if you are interested in getting some kind truth about uh what uh things you can do better in your screenplay uh go to uh josephholmstudios.com and uh send me a message and we will uh work work stuff out so yes um that's great. Well, anyway, thank you everybody so much for joining us today. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm -hmm.